Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have an amazing guest. He's a repeat guest. He's none other than Mr. George Ross. George is best known for his role as executive vice president in the Trump Organization for close to 40 years. He taught at the law school at NYU for over 20 years. He's the author of two best-selling books on real estate and negotiation. In business for more than 60 years, at 92 years of age, one of the wisest men I know. On today's show, we're talking about some macroeconomic conditions and what strategies are effective for investing in today's environment. Listen to my conversation with George Ross. Welcome. Good evening. Good to be here. Have you been traveling at all? No, but nobody's traveling yet. COVID time. Most of the stuff I do is virtual. Yes, it's. Um, I've been. Tra- I've traveled twice in the past month, and it's been uh, quite an experience. It's been very different than, of course, pre-pandemic. Of course, it doesn't quite feel safe yet, but but doesn't quite feel. Uh, it, it's sort of half normal, but not really. You know. Yeah. Well, it's getting there. It'll be better. Looks like they have it under some degree of control. There's too much misinformation going around. That's the problem. Well, George, let's start with a little bit of a macroeconomic question. And you know, we've been hearing the latest published numbers that inflation is running at 5.1%, down a little bit from 5.4% last month. Those are numbers from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. But parts of the inflation index are running well above that number, like the producer price index is running at 22%. Needless to say, you can borrow money at a whole lot less than any of those numbers. Should we all just be loading up on debt as much as possible? Because at any time when inflation is higher than your borrowing cost, it's essentially a license to print money. And at what point does it become an irresponsible amount of borrowing? At what point does it become too risky? What What's your perspective? Well, it's a good question. But I would say, uh, what point does it become irresponsible? I've, I've had a... Uh, a mantra always, and I tell all, all the people I do is borrow as much as you can for as long as you can, as long as you have a right to prepay. That's a good, good rule because what happens when the market goes bad and prices go up, you're, you already got your loan. You already got your money. When prices go down at that point, you can refinance. So it's one of the rules that I see is use everybody else's money, not your own. So there are investments which are available so it pays to take advantage of those investments by borrowing with the money and uh, certainly leveraging your your situation. That's there's no no doubt in my mind that's very important and you can be very successful. If you think back to the post 2008 time period there were lots of commercial borrowers that faced what were either maturity defaults where they made every single loan payment their property values had dropped and all of a sudden the lender said now you got to write me a check for half a million, million, whatever, in order to get the ratios back in line. And they didn't necessarily have it because, you know, prices fell. So like you said, you can refinance. Yeah, yeah they have it, the prices fell. But, you know, I, I really feel that uh, most of the people in the real estate business or people I've done business with and uh, that I've been speaking, they're afraid of the lenders. I don't understand that. Shouldn't be afraid of the lenders. The lenders are got to be afraid of you. They want to get their money. That's all they want. So if they don't get it, they'll get it and they can't, they'll have to cooperate whether they like it or not. They don't want to take it. They don't know how to run a property. They don't know how to take over. They know one thing, how to get, how do I get my money back? And they'll threaten or they'll do all kinds of, uh, of uh, gestures 
And meanwhile, uh, nothing, nothing's going to happen. The average foreclosure or something of that nature takes years to do. I would not be fearful of dealing with lenders and telling them uh, what the situation is. They'll have to work with you, but you have to take a firm stand. Everybody that gets into trouble that's not familiar with dealing with lenders says, oh, I must pay or else I'll lose the property. That's, it's so far away from the truth that it's, uh, it's just impractical. It's not there. So uh, I wouldn't worry about it. What are your thoughts on the you know, highly publicized Evergrande situation in China? Do you think that's through counterparty risk going to cascade throughout the financial system? It's a big default. Well, it's hard to do. I don't know. You know what does your crystal ball say? Yeah, fair, fair point. I mean, $89 billion is a, is a big dollar amount. Yeah, but that's a, you can't, you can't, if, if you're going to operate on, the, on uh, information which you're getting in the work, unless it's direct effective, unless it affects you directly mm-hmm. now, don't, it's just the cost of doing business. I wouldn't, I don't like to look too far in the future. I like to deal with properties or, or businesses which I know of in my immediate area and I can make immediate decisions or at least what I think is going to be immediate decisions. If you if you follow what's on the news and you you follow the media, you'll go nuts. Just too confusing and generally in, inappropriate because they deal with generalities. Things are bad. Inflation is high. What does that mean? Now, for somebody who's building properties, this point, you're buying materials, yeah, there's a specific cost. So it's going to cost you more to build something than you would than it would have might be six months ago. But so what? That's what it is. If you want to build, build. Or if you're in the middle of construction, you can't stop. The cheapest thing to own is raw land. That's the cheapest thing. Once you, once you decide I'm going to build something or own and operate something, you have very little alternatives. That's what you must do. You do the best you can. At this, but uh, I, I wouldn't worry about uh, what you can't control. And this, these are certainly things that you cannot control. I think one time you told me that you were recommending people to keep their cash on the side, not put cash in the deal, but keep it in reserve to guarantee completion to basically a rainy day fund. Yeah, if, if you can. But money should be appropriately invested. Mm-hmm. But the problem, is, as I see, is... With the banks, how much do they pay if you borrow if you if you take a loan from if you uh, uh, take a loan from them, um, or or you, you the bank money in there, you give them a hundred thousand dollars, how much are you going to pay? A one percent, two percent? That's outrageous. Yeah, not even a fraction of a percent. It's not. They they are loaded with money, but they're terrified of losing. Really, that's a that's a. If you stop to analyze it, right? If you take any business. Are you going to make more money by not selling product? Of course not. But by nature, bankers are not risk takers. They know very little about the physical operations of the, the properties that they're making loans on, and which is which is which is a fact. So we, that's that's just a, just a fact of life. So you have to say, yeah, I'd like to borrow the money because I get it at a very low rate, but I got to figure out where I'm going to put it. I'll put it in some new product. I'll put it in something that's going something a little more something that's, that's going to is going to get me more dollars. And there are plenty of investments that are around that will pay good dollars. So if I borrow the money at 3% and I can, I can get a return of 8% in the market on a, on a, pro, a piece of property, hey, that's 5% on money I don't own. So that's my concept. Over a period of time, very, very successful. I've done a lot of, uh, when I say I have been very successful, 
I used to when I would make mortgages, I would get more make mortgages which were uh, not a readily available mortgage in the marketplace. But I get somebody who needed money. I said, "All right, I'll give you a one a one year loan at ten percent. It's fine. They get the guarantee in the property and what have you." Now, bank would not make that loan. Yeah, and then I go to the bank and I borrow the money at four percent. So I make six percent on money I don't. It's not my money. So you were just doing the arbitrage. That's correct. But the difference is, I was making loans that a banker wouldn't ordinarily make because they're not smart enough to make them, and they're not in the risk business. They don't want risks. What were the things that you would look for to protect yourself on the downside? When you say on the downside, it depends on the nature of the investment, how long it is, what the market is, and the the, the investment. It's all risk reward. The reward has to balance the risk. And I took many flyers. When I say a flyer, yeah, I'd give somebody a hundred thousand dollars and say, fine. Talk to me in two years. I expect it to be worth five hundred thousand. If not, don't give me back my money. I'd rather lose the hundred. That's the gamble. But there are also investments. You say, all right, I'll, I'll invest a hundred thousand. All I want is five thousand a year or ten thousand a year. But that's got to be secure. So it depends on uh, uh, the time frame, where it is, what the risk risk factor is, and if you you are willing to make take more risks than the people that are looking about that are looking to make a bar, that's great. So that's why you have a number of banks or other people, they'll make construction loans. They'll cover deficits. So the bank at this point says, okay, I'll give you 300,000, but it's going to cost you 500,000 to do the project. And yeah, I'll go out and fund the 200,000 on a piece of project, which is probably worth a million. But the banks look at it a different way. They already take your loan to value ratio. Recently had a lender approach us to do a construction loan between 85 to 90% loan to cost non-recourse. And I've not yeah. seen terms like that in a long, long time. No, that's great. That's great. But that's a smart lender or, or a lender that you, that you want to do business with to take an intelligent risk. The difference is even if they gave you a lower loan to value ratio at that, and you funded the difference, you're still in good shape. The chances of you having to come up with money out of pocket is remote. The projects will, will probably be good over this over a period of time, and it's just a cost of doing business. There's always somebody that's willing to take a risk bigger than the bank. I love my conversations with George. He's gone through so many economic cycles, he's literally seen it all. Such simple and such sage advice. Borrow as much as you can for as long as you can, as long as you reserve the right to prepay. So simple and yet so clear. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. Talk to you again tomorrow.